Again, thank you so much for being with us today. We really do count it an honor and a privilege to have you with us. And we don't say that lightly. We always are um, so happy when we get to come together and we get to worship together and we get to, to build relationships with one another. And, and so um, we're always so happy to take that opportunity. Anybody in a good mood today? Can it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm in a good mood today. I'm uh, happy to be here. Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I, in preparation to speak, I get a little anxious and I get a little nervous. And, and then there's some times where I'm just happy to be here and, and uh, I feel like ultimately God is in control. And I believe that is the case for today's message. And so because of that, we're going to hop right into things today. We're not going to skip a beat. Um, I want to go ahead and, and get through this in a timely manner because at the end of today's message, it's going to be a little bit different because I'm going to have um, a, a big call to action. Um, so this is one of those messages that I'm going to ask for some immediate response from you guys, and you'll know what I mean by that when we get there, so don't worry about that. But um, I want to get through today's content as, as quickly as I can, but as effectively as I can. And so let's get right into it. Today, the title of our message is simply this, Living Life Together. Okay, this is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what it looks like for us to truly live life together. Okay, so just um, real quick recap so that you understand what has brought us up to today. Two weeks ago, we talked about um, the idea of discovering our God-given purpose. So we talked about how each one of us is created and positioned for a specific purpose, and, and it's uh, ultimately God's will that we fulfill that purpose together for his glory and for his mission, okay? Then last week, we talked about the idea of um, our family lives, right? What, what it looks like within the home, how it should look, how we should operate within that, and, and ultimately the importance of that. And so today we are going to talk about um, really the, the, the big family life. In other words, as God's people, as, as the church, as God's family, what do we look like? How should we operate within this particular context, okay? And so um, in order to do that, we're going to be spending our time in a, a set of scriptures that we've talked about before, but it's something that we always need to go back to, always need to remind ourselves of. And so we're going to be going through the book of Acts chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, you can pull that up now and follow along with me. That would be great. But I want to set the stage real quick for you guys so you understand really what we're about to get into and you can see the full picture. And so when we get into Acts chapter 2 here, um, what has led up to this is um, Jesus has, has come to earth. He has died on the cross. Three days later, he was raised from the grave, and after his resurrection, he spent about 40 days with his disciples and, and his closest followers. So during these days, he was training them and, and equipping them for what was to come. And then after that, he, he, his final ascension into heaven occurred. And then about 10 days later, we see in Acts chapter 2 what's called the Day of Pentecost, okay? Now, this was just a, a festival that was taking place within the city of Jerusalem. But on this particular day, in this particular festival, we see an amazing occurrence because for the very first time, the Holy Spirit was poured upon God's people. 
And so uh, a momentous day, something that was prophesied about long ago, had finally come to fruition. And so we see these amazing things happening on this particular day. But then ultimately we see the very first formation of the church. Okay, we, we see God's family come together for, for really the very first time in this particular context. And so what we're going to go on and read through today is, is how that very first church operated. What, what did they look like? What did this picture ultimately show us so that we can learn from it and really understand the purest, truest form of what the church, what God's family should look like, okay? So before we get into that, let's go ahead and say a quick word of prayer. Again, I'm jumping right into things today, so I'm asking for your immediate focus and attention. And so in order to do that, let's first start with a quick word of prayer. So if you could bow your heads and close your eyes with me, pray along with me. Lord, we come to you today. We're so happy to be able to come into your presence where there is fullness of joy. And and we've already felt that today. We feel like we're drawing closer to you. Um, And so I ask that you would speak into each one of our hearts and, and our lives today. I believe that this is a message that can truly change our lives, change our perspective for the better if we're willing to give ourselves to it. And so I pray that you would stir up something within each one of us to truly respond to this in a way that, that ultimately makes us better as your children, that ultimately draws us closer to you. And, and in response, you receive all the glory, all the honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump right in. Again, Acts chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 42. So after all of these amazing things have happened, we see the church form, and we're going to get right into seeing what they are about. So verse 42, this is what we read. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Okay, so we're going to hit the pause button on this for now, because I think there are some important things that we're seeing right out of the gate here. Namely, um, there are, are really two elements here that the people of God are devoted to, okay? Now, I, I want to call your attention to the word devoted, because I think this is one of those words that we're all familiar with, and so we kind of read right past it and don't really think much of it. But when Luke here, the writer, puts the word devoted here, he's, he's talking about a really serious depth that we need to understand. What, what he's talking about is really a complete commitment to, a complete giving of oneself to these particular elements. Okay, so this isn't uh, half-hearted, this isn't taken lightly. He's talking about a depth here that we need to understand. And so again, there are two things that these people were devoted to. And the first thing is they were devoted to spiritual growth. Okay, that that is very obvious here. We read they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to prayer. So, So these were things that they were devoted to. These are spiritual elements that we are seeing in the lives of the first church. Okay, they're, they're learning more and more about God. They're, they're growing in who he is and, and, and what he's called them to do. And so catch this, as a result of that, they're growing in relationship with him. So I'm going to say that again to make sure you understand what I mean. As they're growing in knowledge of who God is, they're growing in relationship with him. With more knowledge comes better relationship. I've used this analogy before, but I think it does a good job of representing what I'm talking about. But if I were to walk up to my wife 
and compliment her on her beautiful black hair and, and on her beautiful blue eyes, that would do nothing for her. That would, that would probably offend her because she has blonde hair and she has brown eyes, right? And so, so correct knowledge, correct understanding leads to correct affection and relationship. And so this is what we're seeing happening here. They're, they're devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching. They're devoting themselves to communication and relationship with God, and they're growing closer and closer to him. This is what the first church looked like, okay? Thousands and thousands of people who are growing closer to their God. This is something that they were devoted to, okay? But there was another element that they were devoted to, okay? So yes, they were, they were given to spiritual growth. They were completely committed to this. But we also see that they were deeply devoted to genuine relationship with one another, okay? So, so they're devoted to spiritual growth, and they're devoted to relationship with one another. You could also say they're devoted to God, and they're devoted to one another, okay? So this is what verse 42 said. They were continually devoting themselves to fellowship and to the breaking of bread, okay? Now, again, I want to remind you, this word devoted is a complete giving of oneself. It's a complete commitment to one another. That's how deep, that's how serious this must be. So this was a group of people who were together, completely together. It's a, it's a community. They were living life together, okay? This is what we see from the first church. And this second element, devoting ourselves to one another, is really the road that I want to go down today that we can really understand what the first church looked like. How can we apply this to our context so that we can truly partake of this in God's design, okay? So here's how I want to kind of tease this out so that you can follow along with me clearly. The first thing that I want to show you as we read through the rest of Acts chapter 2 is I want to simply show you the actions of the first church in Acts 2, okay? So I want to take a look at what they were doing, what they were partaking of, and then from there, I want to talk about the characteristics that they must have had that led to those actions, okay? So it's, so it's one thing to, to kind of see what they're doing. It's another thing to then understand how they're doing that, okay? And so that's what I want to get into. And then at the very end, I'm going to take a bit of a turn, and I'm going to talk about how we can do this within our context. What does this look like here at the Bridge Church so that we can truly partake, okay? So let's get right in. Let's read through the rest of Acts chapter 2. And I want you to really picture what Luke is writing here. Just, just like try to picture the type of community that he's talking about here that might help you as we move forward. So let's go to verse 43, and we'll read through the rest of it here. So it says, Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, so this is, this is the picture. This is really what we begin to see from the first church, this beautiful design that God has created called community, 
Now, I want to call to your attention the very last line of that because it really is important here. It said that the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Every day, the Lord was adding to their number. In other words, whatever they were doing, the culture that they had created was, was healthy. It was attractive. They were, they were growing. And so this is something that we need to take notice of so that we can have that culture here. Okay, we certainly want God to be adding to our numbers day by day. And so what does that look like? And so let's talk about, uh, again about some of the actions that we see from the first church. And, and some of these are very, very simple, but I want you to really stretch yourself and, and realize just how important this is in our everyday lives. That's really the, the depth here that we're talking about. So here's the first action that we see. Again, very simple, but very important. They were together. <laughs> this is... This is the first action that we see from them. They were, they were together. Verse 44 said, And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They were just like always around one another, always together, hanging out. Like this was their crew. They were a close-knit group of, of people. But then we go on to see that, that they had all things in common. And so catch this because this is important here. What, what they're really talking about, what Luke is trying to say here is that, is that their individual identities, right? A bunch of individuals here. Their individual identities had become so steeped together that, that you couldn't pull it apart. You, you, like you couldn't tease that apart. They had all things in common. They were completely unified. They were completely banded together. So much so that the rest of that verse says, that they were selling off all of their property and possessions just to share with one another, right? Like a complete unification and this type of culture where all of a sudden my problem is your problem and, and your problem is my problem. Like a complete unification. They were together and had all things in common. And so here's what I want you to understand about this. This idea of relationship with one another, the relationships that we have in this context, the community that we create, this, this was the identity of the first church. So in other words, this wasn't just something that they, they did. It wasn't just something that you know, they were sometimes a part of. This is who they were. This was their identity. They were a group. They were a community. They were a family. That's the culture that they had created. I mean, you know, who else besides family would you spend all your time with and sell everything for? Right? This was the culture that they were created, a, a, a group of God's people that were just living life together. They were together, okay? So this is the first thing that we see. The second thing that we see, again, very simple but very important, is they served and they worshiped together. So, so it wasn't like they were just together in terms of proximity, that they were around one another, but they were actually serving and worshiping together. So verse 30, 46 said, day by day, continuing with one mind, in the temple. So catch that. Day by day, they were together with one another in the temple. All right? Now, the primary purpose of the temple was to be a place of worship and of prayer. So every day, they were worshiping together. Every day, they were serving together. They were in this together. Now, we talked about this again two weeks ago, this idea of discovering purpose and, and how that needs to play itself out. And one of the most important things we have to realize is that we must do this together. Because if we don't do it together, 
we're going to wear ourselves out. We're, we're going to drive ourselves crazy because we don't have the support that we need. Because it's not always going to go well. It's not always going to be perfect. We need one another. This is something that the first church understood better than anybody. They were together. They had each other's backs. They were serving. They were worshiping together. It was a, a together lifestyle that they had created. Okay. Now, here's another action. And this is very simple, but... But I think it's, it's actually pretty profound when you think about it. Um, not only were they together in terms of being close to one another, not only did they serve and worship together, but they hung out together. <laughs> like they, they just hung out together. And here's what I mean by that. It, this wasn't like a group of people off to the side that was their church people. You know, this, these are my church friends over here. Like this was a group, they were best friends they loved being around one. They loved hanging out with one another. That's the type of culture that they had. Verse 46, it says, day by day, again, every day, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. So every day, just going house to house and, and having dinner with one another and, and hanging out with one another, this is who these people were. And, and I think, oddly enough, this is maybe the best picture that we see of, of what the, the, the church and, and what togetherness really looks like. Because they were just, they were hanging out. They were having a good time. Think about it, just happy people eating meals at one another's house and laughing together and pouring out their hearts to one another. Just a complete togetherness that we see. And in an odd way, this is kind of the best picture of truly living life together. And again, day by day, they were doing this. This wasn't like random occurrences. This wasn't uh, rare experiences for them. Every day, like, hey, I'm putting burgers on the grill. Come on over. Yeah, I'll be right over. Just every day, this is who these people were. And I started thinking about this. And again, it's such a, a simple concept that it doesn't feel like we even need to think about. But I started to think about how um, growing up, my family, we would always go out to eat. Every weekend, Friday night, Saturday night, we were always out to eat with people, hanging out. And honestly, as a kid, those are like my favorite memories, right? Just having fun and, and hanging out with other people. But the more I thought about it, it's no coincidence that the people that we were doing that with, the people that we were eating meals together with and hanging out with, are the people that to this day we are closest to. Those those are like our closest friends. I call those people my brothers and my sisters, and, and there's no coincidence there. These are the, the type of relationships that we need to have. Now, how awesome would it be if this was our day-to-day -day with one another? If this was the, the level of relationship that we had with one another, where we were just eating meals and, and having fun and, and strengthening and encouraging, just constantly having relationship with one another. This is what we must strive for to truly live life together, okay? And then here's the last action that I want to call out because I think this is really important as well, and that is that they took care of each other, okay? So, so it wasn't just that they were hanging out all the time or it wasn't just that they were serving and worshiping together, but they, they looked out for one another. They, they took care of one another. Verse 45 says, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. And so again, I, I talked about they had this culture where your problem is my problem and my problem is, is your problem. And, and it's just this amazing uh, idea of community and, and sharing. It was a beautiful design that God had created. And, and when you think about what it takes to have that type of culture, um, the first thing that we see from them is that they, they really cared about one another. 
You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a fake, oh, I'm going to look out for you. They, they really cared about one another's needs. Are you taking care of or are you doing all right? They cared. But not only that, they were close enough to one another to know what they were struggling with. Because it's, it's one thing if I care about you, but I don't know what you're going through. That's not very helpful, but they were close enough to know, hey, he's going through this, he's struggling with this, and so not only do I care, but I'm going to jump in and I'm going to help. They took care of one another, and this is what true community looks like, okay? So these are some of the actions that we see from from these people, and again, some really simple concepts, but really profound when you put it into your everyday life and the type of support system that you're going to have. But again, now I want to talk about the characteristics that they had to have that led them to these actions. So again, not only were they doing these things, but what led them to do these things and partake of this. And so I'm going to fly through this as quickly as I can here, but I want you to write some of these down and and take note because these are the things that I want you to apply to your everyday lives and your everyday relationships, okay? So the first characteristics that we see from the first church is that they were dedicated and faithful to one another, okay? I'm gonna say that again. They were dedicated and they were faithful to one another. So let me give you some examples. Verse 42 says they were devoted to one another. Verse 44, they were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, they were sharing with everybody. Verse 46, day by day in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, like just dedication and and faithfulness to one another. This is beautiful sign of devotion. And so here's really what I want you to understand about these characteristics and something that we just really don't apply well enough in our relationships. There is, there's a depth here. And there's an importance here that we often overlook and that we desperately need to grasp. In other words, they prioritized one another. They were important to one another. They made time for one another. They had one another's backs. They, they knew each other's deepest, darkest secrets. Like, like there's a depth here that so many of us just choose to skip right over because we're scared to be that vulnerable. And that's not how this community was. That's not how the first church operated. In fact, let me give you a little insight into the level of depth that I'm talking about. Because later in the New Testament, in the book of James, this is what he commands the church to do. Uh, this is chapter 5, verse 16. He says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Confess your sins to one another. That's deep. Pray for one another. That's deep. But did you catch what he said at the end there? If you do these things, if you have these types of relationships, what's going to come is healing. You're going to get healing from these relationships. Now, oftentimes when we talk about the word healing within this context, we automatically go to Jesus and the gospels and healing the sick and the blind and, and doing all of these amazing things. But really what James is talking about here is, is the deep emotional wounds and scars that every single one of us have. Every single one of us has these things deep within our hearts that are hurting us. And amazingly, what James says here is you can get the healing you need by way of relationship with one another. That's how you're gonna get that healing. Confess your sins to one another, pray for one another so that you might be healed. Now, sometimes, you know, I think this might be a concept that we kind of look at as a little bit far-fetched 
You know, it's one of those biblical principles that, yeah, whatever, sounds cool, but probably doesn't work. But I want you to think about some of the things that have happened in your life that have had the emotional weight and the, the emotional wounds in your life. And I would bet you that almost every single time it's the relationships in your life that have carried you through that. I, I bet you every time it's the people around you, whether it's friends, whether it's, it's your family, it's those people, it's those relationships that are bringing you that recovery. And so again, can you imagine if we had that level of relationship with one another? Can you imagine the level of healing and the level of freedom that we would have if we would just give ourselves to these things? Because there's more important things going on than you might understand. There's more important things happening than you see on the surface. If we would give ourselves to these things, if we would be dedicated and faithful to one another, then we might be healed from some things going on in our hearts, okay? Now, here's another characteristic that we see from the first church, and this is very, very clear, but, but they were selfless. They were completely, they were radically selfless. All throughout these scriptures, we see that they're sharing with one another. They're taking meals to one another. They have all things in common. And so catch this. It, it, they didn't enter into these relationships for any sort of selfish ambition, for any sort of, of personal gain. That was not their desire. That was not why they were doing these things. In fact, this radical selfless behavior continued on into Acts 3 and into Acts 4 and then into Paul's writings, 1 Corinthians and Philippians. and Like all throughout the New Testament, we see that selflessness is really a hallmark trait of any healthy relationship. Like you have to be selfless in order to have healthy relationships. Romans 12, it says, give preference to one another. Like, like give preference to other people. Philippians 2 says, look to the interests of others. Like we're so quick to look at our interests and what's going to benefit us, but it says, no, look to the interests of others, what they might be going through. And then Mark 10, catch this. It says that Jesus did not come to be served. He came to serve. He, he was selfless. He came for the benefit of other people. This is the attitude we have to have in our relationships. Now, the reason that I think this is so important, just from a practical standpoint, is because as beautiful uh, as relationships can be in our lives, as beautiful a concept as it is, as necessary a concept as it is, I, I think we all know that relationships can also be a little messy, right? Relationships can, can be a little bit ugly sometimes. Sometimes it's not going to go the way we think it's going to go. But I promise you this, the more and more we are willing to lay our pride aside, and the more and more willing we're, we're, we're going to lay our personal desires aside, the healthier and healthier our relationships are going to be with one another. Like selflessness really is a must if we're going to have these deep relationships that we need to cherish. Okay. Now, again, the, the first church understood this so unbelievably well. In fact, they, 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 their property and their possessions, like they threw everything out on the table and they said, whoever's in need, come and get some right? Complete selflessness, and this is what we must be given to with our relationships, okay? And then here's the last characteristic, and this is such an important one that we, we so often forget about, but, but did you notice that they were joyful? Did you notice that, that they were just a happy people? Like when I read through verses 
42 through 47, I always get this overwhelming feeling of just like joy and, and happiness. Like it was just a beautiful thing that was happening. And I think these people honestly were having like the time of their lives here. I really do. I think they were having the absolute time of their life. In fact, verse 43 says that they, there was a sense of awe amongst them. Like it was just this special atmosphere, just this joy-filled atmosphere that was surrounding them. It's, it's beautiful. It's something that we need to, to be more intentional about. Now, again, I'm not saying that when we live life together, everything's going to come up roses, right? Because there are going to be problems. There are going to be issues. But, you know, when I think about my life and I think about my experiences, um, you know, so many times when I'm going through a rough season in my life and and maybe just things aren't going the way that I thought. Maybe I'm not seeing the results that I thought I would see. And, or maybe it's just been like a rough week and, and I'm stressed out or whatever it might be. More often than not, it's, it's the relationships in this room that pull me out of that. It's the relationships that, that, that pull me out of that mess and get me back to that place of joy. That's the reason that Romans 12 says, rejoice with those who rejoice, but also weep with those who weep. In other words, if it's going good, good. If it's going bad, bad. Either way, I'm going to be there with you. We're going to help each other out. We're going to lift one another so we can get back to this place of joy that God is desiring for us. Okay? So now there's only one question left to answer, and that is, how does this play itself out in our context? How can we be a part of this? How can we give ourselves to this? And so, again, I'm going to take a bit of a turn here because we're going to get very, very practical and I'm going to ask for um, a call to action here for you guys. But um, we believe here that, that ultimately the answer to this question and the fulfillment of these biblical principles is going to come by way of something that we now call our life groups. Okay, so, so write that down, life groups. And the simple motto of life groups is living life with one another. That's all we want to do. It's not all that complicated. We just want to live life with one another, okay? Now, I want to um, clarify some things, whether you've been around here a while or, or you're new to this. I want to make some clarifications to help you understand what's going on here. In the past, we have called these our link groups, okay? And so this is something that we've had around here for a little while, and, and we've um, tried some different things to ultimately partake of what we're talking about here but um, lately in our, in our studies and in our research and in our discussions, we've been realizing that ultimately we're not fulfilling the biblical version of what this should ultimately look like. And, 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 and that's coming by way of one major thing, and that is um, around here we've, we've kind of talked about these groups as just like another ministry of the church. Like it's just, you know, it's kind of one avenue of the church, and so we'll promote it as that, and hopefully you get involved, but you know, either way, whatever. And, and that's a huge error on our part because this is, is, is not a church with groups. This is a church of groups, okay? That's what the church is. And so let me say this very clearly. Life groups are the church, okay? So if you wanna be a part of the church, it's happening in life groups, okay? That's where those relationships are forming. That's where the healing is taking place that we read in James 5. Okay, so this is how important this is. This, this really should not be an option for us. And I'm not saying that in a way of forcing you into it. I'm saying it in a way of teaching you 
that building these relationships and taking part in this type of community is a must. It's, it's God's design for our lives. And so um, I want to, again, very practically, I want to give you um, some on-ramps so that you can uh, take advantage of our life groups. And so um, I want to go through um, some of the, the major life groups that we have available right now, and we're just going to continue to build upon this. We're going to continue to open this up so that every single person has an opportunity to jump in. But um, let me give you an example of some of the things I'm talking about. So the first one that we have is called SEEK, which is our women's group. I was expecting that. That's why I paused. Um, so uh, obviously, this is, this is just a group of ladies that want to live life together, right? So you're going to dig into some godly principles. You're going to go have brunch and manis and petties and all that fun stuff. But it's just living life together. It's a group of women that want to live life together. And, and so if you are a lady, that's really the only prerequisite, then please sign up and take advantage of this. I'm, I'm telling you right now, this is a super healthy group of ladies because they have worked very intentionally to make it such. And um, honestly, it's kind of a shame because um, I know COVID messed up a lot of things, but one of them is um, our ladies were going to have an annual event during this summer, and it was going to be huge, and unfortunately, we couldn't do that. But I'm telling you right now, you want to get in this ministry right now. You want to get in this group right now because it's going places. So again, sign up for that if um, you are a lady, all right? Second uh, is our men's group, okay? So the same way. <laughs> oh, gosh. So... If, if, if you are a guy and you want to connect with some other guys, listen, um, you know, the, the Bible talks about how we are to be spiritual leaders. And so this is an opportunity for us to come together and to lift up one another, to grow closer to God uh, with one another, but also have some fun. And, and we'll do that. We'll watch some football. We'll, you know, have some fun competitions and things like that. But this is a, a great opportunity. I, I'll say this. I wasn't planning on saying this, but... I think we um, really are in a generation where we need our men to step up as spiritual leaders. We need our men to step up. And so please get involved in this group and let's do that together. Let's lift one another. We all need help in this endeavor, right? It's not easy. And so please make sure you sign up for that. Our third one is our game night group, okay? So this is uh, pretty easily explained. It's, it's game nights. So if you enjoy some games, um, and, and getting together and having some fun and eating some good food is a perfect opportunity for you to plug in. I will be a part of this group. I love me some games and some competition. Um, now, it does get pretty serious sometimes, all right? We've had to call the cops a few times. No, no, it does get pretty serious. We do condemn cheating. Pastor Steve, we do condemn cheating. And so we want to make you aware of that ahead of time. But this is an awesome group. I promise you, you want to be a part of this. It's a blast. Our fourth group is our youth group, okay? So, yeah, so if you are between the ages of 12 and 18 or roundabout, okay, it's an open door policy, um, but, but we want you to get some friends around you. We want to make sure that you're growing closer to God, but building relationships with one another. You guys are the future generation. You're the future leaders of the church, and so we want to make sure you're taken care of. And I'm just going to tell you right now, we're going to be building and building and building in this area, okay? There are some big things to come, I promise you. So make sure you're a part of that. Parents, go ahead and sign your kids up for this because they need to be a part of it, okay? And then our last one is something new that we call our connect groups. And it's very simple. If you just want to connect, 
if, if, if you just want to connect with some people around here, this is your opportunity to jump in, okay? So maybe you're new around here and you just haven't had the time to connect. Maybe you've been around a while and just haven't been able to plug in. Or, or maybe you have tons of relationships here and you just want more. That's great. Either way, sign up for a connect group. Um, that is open to all, okay? Doesn't matter gender, age, season of life single, married, complete open door policy. So please make sure, if you don't sign up for any other groups, sign up for a connect group so that we can truly live life together. And, and again, this is really what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Bible, certainly, but we're also going to be talking about daily life and how you guys are doing and, and our goals and aspirations, and we'll have some fun. And, and so I promise you, you won't be a part of that, okay? So those are, right now, our five groups that you can sign up for. So plenty of opportunities for you guys to get involved. And again, this, this is the church. This, this is the church. If you want to be a part of the church, this is where it's happening. And so um, a few things real quick. Number one, you can sign up for as many groups as you want. Okay, so you don't have to limit yourself. Or if you just want to go with one so you can completely commit, that's perfectly fine. And then the other thing is um, there are going to be some details coming out by the end of this week for your particular groups, okay? So just understand expectations and timing and all of that. You'll get more information on that. But here's what I want to do right now. Since you're here and since you're watching online, I want to give you the opportunity right now to go sign up for the group or groups of your choice, okay? So whatever catches your attention here or maybe there's something intriguing that you want to try out, I'm going to give you two minutes. We're going to play some music in the background, and I want you to go and sign up right now, okay? Take advantage of this opportunity. So let's go ahead and play some music and get your phones out. You can go onto our website. You can go onto our app. It's on the front page of both, and go ahead and sign up right now. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kind of reiterate this this lesson that we learned from the first church is absolutely necessary and essential for our lives. We have to be a people who are together. We have to be a people that serve and worship together. We have to hang out. We, we have to have each other's backs. This is what the church must look like and it's happening through our life groups. So let's live life together. Let's, let's do this. Let's be dedicated. Let's be faithful. Let's be joyful. Let's be selfless in our relationships so that we may be healed. Can you stand with me? Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes with me one last time? And again, I encourage you after this to please talk to one of our life group leaders. Please talk to one of our guest services members. But I just wanna pray over you guys before you leave. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every single person that is here today and everybody that's watching online. I believe that you have brought them for a purpose and for a reason. And I believe that for every single one of us, your desire and your will for us is to dive into deeper relationship with one another. That we would truly be a family, your family. People who are dedicated and faithful and and selfless and joyful people that represent you in all that we do, but, but in everything that we do, we do it together. And so right now, I pray that you would continue to stir and continue to move in each one of our hearts and minds and, and that we wouldn't leave today without truly plugging into what you have for us, God. We believe that what you have